Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode number 104. It's all about how important relationships are, personal and professional. And your attitude is very important too. With my guest, Rich Redmond, of the book Crash Course, Success, Five Ways to Supercharge Your Personal and Professional Life. Next on the podcast, let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, what a podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I really want to say thank you for being here. You students spend time. It means a lot. I really do appreciate it. you taking time to listen. I know we have all kinds of different kinds of things you can listen to, do, and I really appreciate spending time. It really means a lot. I have a quick favor. Usually I ask in the end, but I like to ask, well, I'm trying to ask in the beginning. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Say, hey, listen, this, this content's really great. I think you might enjoy it. Take a listen. Share with a friend. That would mean a lot. And it would get the people to, um, to listen to the podcast. It would be kind of and good more ears to the podcast, which would be really good, too. Next up, my guest, Rich Redman, award-winning drummer, also the drummer of Jason Aldean, the country music singer, author, speaker, host of the Rich Redman Show. Let me explain the Rich Redman Show. If you like drums and musicians, it's kind of looking cool to listen to, but his intro is awesome. It's like boom, 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 boom. It gets real going. You're going to see on this interview what I did with this gentleman. He's full of energy. It was so much fun talking to him. Because, you know, he has, he just has that big ball of energy and a lot of good points and topics about how important relationships are and, and your attitude. And it's a quote that you'll hear in the interview is your attitude is 99% of your life. You know, you have a bad attitude, probably going to have bad outcomes, I guess. Well, Rich shares a lot of great information and how to supercharge your life. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Rich. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, one question. I know you played with Jason Aldean in the, in the plays of drums for him and stuff. I was kind of curious. I know you played Fenway Park. What was it like playing Fenway Park? Because, you know, from Boston and that area, that's kind of a really an iconic uh, place to play. Yeah, that is hallowed ground. And we, God, we have done it two times. And I think we had two nights there at one time, if I can remember. But, you know, just being set up next to the Green Monster, I think the first time we did it, we headlined, and then another time we did a co-headlining with Kid Rock, and that was <laughs> And you know, I mean, you know, Boston people party, and there's massive amounts of beer being consumed. We are the first band in to ever play Fenway Park that sold out of beer. Like people were like, "No, I, I not a Sam Adams. I'll take anything. Like, <laughs> we have nothing." <laughs> so Jason's fans drank the place dry. It was crazy. How do you get into the business like that? What you do now? I know you're a drummer and you and, and you you're an actor. You produce and produce um, TV shows. You write and you speak. How did you get involved in yeah. all this stuff? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it starts out with like a an obsession, and for me, that obsession, you know, was great. It was great that I found my purpose in life at such a young age. I was hitting everything in sight. I got drum lessons. I fell in love with the drums. And then in 1983, of course, that was my Beatles moment. A lot of a lot of guys that are a generation right before me, they'll say like, yep, 1964, the Beatles played the Ed Sullivan show. For me, it was the birth of MTV, music videos, sitting around, watching the police going, oh, my God, I love 
I love this sting guy. And this drummer is awesome. And so I kind of fell in love. I said, that's what I'm going to do with my life and started the whole process of, you know, continuing education, getting a lot of, uh, taking a lot of lessons, studying with drummers, joining bands. And then I ended up going to college and I got my master's degree in music education. So I'm essentially, I have a teacher's heart. You know, I, I, I teach at college. I taught at the university of North Alabama. I teach currently at the musicians Institute in Hollywood, staring into a screen with my students <laughs> like this right here. And, um, then around that, you know, you start to meet people in the music business and the entertainment business and, and you realize what other natural skill sets do you have? And I've got the gift of gab. Of course I teach, I'm comfortable with a microphone. And so that just kind of led to the, the authoring and the writing articles. And then my drum clinics where I would go to like a, a Sam Ash or a guitar center or a college <laughs> and I would do like a one hour thing. I kind of started mixing in motivational elements because my mom was always into Tony Robbins and Napoleon Hill and Zig Ziglar. And so that stuff kind of got into my DNA. And before I knew it, I came up with a concept called crash. And then I started doing speaking engagements. So just kind of growing on my natural skills, you know, you mentioned mother got into that stuff like Tony Robinson and Tony Robin and, um, Napoleon Hill. What kind of um, upbringing do you have with doing that? I'm like, how can I bring for your parents? Well, my parents are great people. They're just, I mean, they are hardworking folks. They, you know, believe in the power of education and extreme work ethic. You know, when I was eight years old in Connecticut, I was shoveling snow. I had a paper route. I raked leaves. I mean, I was an entrepreneur at the, at the youngest of age. And it was from their example. My dad went to school six years, nights, and um, became an accountant. And he did that for like 40 years. And my mom was a nurse and a cancer survivor, and she ended up getting into cancer research, and uh, her patients loved her. She did that for like 45 years, and now they're retired in Florida, but they just really believed in me. They never said, no, son, you really should go into something steady, maybe be a doctor, be, be a lawyer, learn a trade. They just saw how much I loved the craft of drumming, how much I loved music, and how hard I worked with a smile on my face. I would practice during the summers, you know, eight hours a day, and they were like, we're just going to support this kid. They never doubted me. They supported me. They drove me and got me into nightclubs before I could get in legally. And <laughs> they really just believed in it. So God bless parents, you know, parents that, that really can invest in their, you know, if your kids are interested in anything other than Fortnite and, <laughs> you know, surfing the web and staring at their phone all day, I encourage all students to really 150% support their kids. What is it like touring? I'm just kind of curious, touring in a band cross country all around the world. What is it like? Yeah, well, it, it's uh, my, my suitcase has really been packed for over 20 years and mm. I, it's rare that I unpack and starting last March, I didn't have to tour. We get this whole crazy thing hit the world and I, my clothes are hanging in my closet right now. <laughs> I have more food in my refrigerator than I've ever had in like the last 25 years. And like, I'm having meals at the same hot meals at the same time every night. It's really cool to be on this kind of schedule because really there's no schedule on the road. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're sleeping in a moving bus and showering on a moving bus and you're hanging out with 12 other guys on the bus. And then when you pull up to the venue, you're part of this roving kind of like carnival. And it's, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. You know, you got three meals a day cooked for you and uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. It really has. This year has been a nice re last year and this year, a nice recharge, you know? So We'll see what happens. What do you think that eventually they're going to be opening up venues and stuff and when closer in the summertime, you think, or COVID, the COVID? I mean, the, the summertime is the goal. And I know that a lot of high-level recording acts are planning on hopefully doing something August, September, October. You know, the touring, sat, the touring season for most Nashville artists is like 
March, uh, sorry, January or February, all the way to like October. And we cut, we usually close down November and December. Sometimes there's people that want to do their Christmas tours and I pack the sleigh bells and we do that <laughs> whole thing, you know, but for the most part, that's kind of our season. And when we were starting out, I mean, we were doing over 200 shows a year. And then as the act grows, you play bigger and bigger venues. And there's these clauses in the contract where each show has to be a certain mileage away from each other. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a shot filling that market. So as the audience grew, we would get to the point where we do 60 shows a year. And then for the last maybe five years, it's been like 50 shows a year, 40, 50 shows a year, big shows. And so it's very manageable, which has allowed me to kind of do these other things, which has been fun, you know? Well, I know you also do voiceovers and acting too. What was that like? What is that like to you? Well, the last six years, you know, everybody's got, has their kind of like their calling in life and they do it. You, you build this brand and you work really hard at it, but then secretly in the back of your mind, you're like, I really think that I could have been on three's company. (laughs) You know, that's really inspiring. I always wanted to like, you know, make a fool of myself or be the guy that comes in and trips, you know, on cue. And I just always thought it was be an interesting thing. So about six years ago, I started studying acting in Los Angeles. And what's great about doing it out there is that everybody who is a waiter out there is an actor and they are serious about it. And so I like to swim with the sharks. I like to jump into the deep end of the pool. Blood is in the water. And when you're surrounding yourself with people that want to do things at a high level, you are going to rise to that occasion. So, so I like to throw myself in the deep end of the pool. And it's been great. I got my SAG card in under five years. I've been in a couple of horror films on Netflix. And I audition, audition, audition. And I'm probably going to end up doing probably a lot of hosting and TV commercials because it's kind of like a natural path for me. I can see that. Yeah. Your energy and the way you, way you talk and present yourself, I can see that you'd be on a TV show at a game hosting a game show or something. That sounds, that. Thank the, you so much. That sounds like a lot of fun. Like I like the old TV shows. There's another one I like that's on in England right now called Mrs. Brown Boys. Oh, yeah. Is, is it on Netflix or something? Or It's on, on YouTube or on BBC. But it's like the old style TV shows with like, you know, the sets like Freeze Company or Sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, if you have a chance, check it out. It is the funniest show in the world. I'll check it out. I love a good old sitcom. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the all the Chuck Lore shows. So, you know, Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, Mike and Molly, where there's a set, there's multi cameras. It's in front of a live studio audience. They're stuffing their face with pizza. They're there for six hours for the taping. I mean, that's a real community spirit. I like that. It's very similar to music. Well, one thing I want to bring you on tonight was Bob, talk about your book, Crash and the Crash Concept. What is Crash? Well, crash is a mantra for successful living, and I'm big on acronyms because acronyms allow you to remember to remember something easily. And so crash stands for commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. Commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. So five things literally that any person in any season of their life and any career path at any age can use to attract more success, not only in their personal life, but their professional life. And let's face it. You take your personal life into the boardroom and you take your boardroom, the boardroom home with you. So if the idea is this, that you, if you commit to your craft or your cause with 100% of your heart, you are going to find success. If you can cultivate sincere, hopefully mutually beneficial, lifelong relationships, that's going to be a key to your success. I've never gotten a, a job from an audition. I always get jobs from people championing me and going, Rich will be there. He's your guy. He's got a smile on his face. He's got a firm handshake. The idea that attitude is 99% of life and that enthusiasm is contagious and people will always remember how they felt in your presence and the experience they had in your presence. And then the skill, 
identifying the skills you need to be successful in whatever field you are in and continually developing new skills to keep up with the Joneses because the world is moving so fast. You know, we got to run the stand still. And then the idea of hunger that we want to stoke those flames of desire to succeed in your belly, stoke those flames. When I play the drums, I'm a 50 year old man, but I try to encapsulate the energy and the excitement of a 16 year old kid that just got his first drum. <laughs> it's crash. And I put it in the book, you know, I got, a, it's the book and, you know, God bless Jeff Bezos. Everybody's like, Hey, he's the richest guy in the world. And, you know, some people were like, Hey, he's putting everything, everyone out of business, but you know what he's done? He has leveled the playing to feel where if anybody has anything to say, they can write a book and, and it could be printed on demand. It could be downloaded to someone's Kindle or iPad. And then I even did my own voiceover for the audible version on, on uh, audible.com. If you sign up for audible.com, you can download my crash course for success, read read by me for free. I'm going to sign up and soon as on the interview, <laughs> I can hear the audio version of it. One thing that was interesting too, like I take a couple of those things in, in the crash commitment is the commitment. Like when you were practicing with your kid with drums and you were always practicing and stuff like that. I don't know if you can give another example of commitment. Well, commitment, I mean, commitment really starts in the mind. The mind is such a powerful force. And so when people say like, Hey, you know, they, you know, we just, everybody all across the world made their new year's Eve resolutions. And it was like, Hey, I'm going to finally lose those 10 pounds or, Hey, I'm going to finally quit smoking or, and it's like, by the time Valentine's day comes around, everyone's like, save the cheesecake for me <laughs> because they didn't truly commit in the mind. When you truly commit to something in the mind, you, it's, you set yourself up for a course of success. And, and, you know, I think that the human mind is wired for negativity because back in the day, if we lived to 30, we were an old man because we were being chased by woolly mammoths and we had to continually make new fires and we didn't have modern medicine. And so we had negative thinking because we were afraid of everything around every corner. So to really stay in that positive mindset, the positive mindset, we have to really work on it and not just listening to our inner voice, but actually just talking to ourselves. And a great example is say somebody that wants to run a marathon, <laughs> run 26 miles. You have to have positive affirmation. You have to be telling yourself, don't quit one more mile, one more foot in front of the other. Oh my God, I'm going to have an entire chocolate cake when I finish this thing. Right? So the mind is really, really powerful. And that's why if anybody wants to do anything or accomplish anything, they have dreams, they have goals, they have desires. First thing you want to do is write it down and then read that thing first thing in the morning and read that thing right before you go to bed at night, because you're setting yourself up for that magical time where you sleep four, six, seven, eight hours. And we don't even know all the things that are happening, but if you marinate your mind in that positivity at those key times of the day, it can be a very powerful thing. So for me, I wrote down my goals. I said, I will be a top call touring and recording drummer based in Nashville. One sentence. And I would repeat that to myself. And when you have that kind of positive affirmation and you're willing to follow it up with hard work, the universe smiles upon you and puts people, places, and circumstances that'll help your cause right into your life. That's interesting too. Um, commitment is a big, it's a big deal. I always hear about that people writing stuff down. I'd always wondered if it really worked. I got to try that more often. I do write down a notebook. It's like New Year's resolution. It works about a week, but I got to keep continuing putting a more commitment to that. That's a good idea. Relationship. How important your relationships? Oh yeah. So, so the power of relationships is incredible. Like I said, like, you know, a lot of people in the world, they operate on resumes, they operate on headhunters. I don't know, monster.com. Like, what is this? Like for my industry, everything is based about people 
and gate people are the gatekeepers of life. They're the key to all success in life. So you can't know enough people. And more importantly, it's not who you know, but who knows you and your reputation truly precedes you. And it can take a lifetime to cultivate a great reputation and five minutes or one minute or one second to destroy it. So it's so crucial to always show up with a smile on your face. And I'm a people person. You know, I've never met a stranger. I, I miss hugging all my female and male friends. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm Italian, so I kiss my, my male friends on the cheek. You know, it's just the thing. I miss this. I thrive. I'm an extrovert. So this whole thing has been kind of tough on me. But relationships are, are the key to everything. Every, every success that I have had in my life is from someone championing me and cracking a door for me. And if somebody cracks a door for me, I kick it open. And then I try to exceed their expectations. And when I exceed their expectations and do a great job, then that's my way of saying thank you for this opportunity. It was also like relationships. That was another one I was thinking about is to people, somebody believing in you. Like you said, and you answered that question now, but when somebody cracks that door, you kicked it open. But how is it important, like somebody believing in you? How does it make you feel? Oh, someone, if someone, yeah, that positive reinforcement of, hey, I get what you're doing, kid. Like when I was a younger kid and I would reach out to my drum heroes, I would send them my demo tapes and they're like, good stuff, kid. Keep it up, man. This is a tough business, but I know you can do it. And it's so cool that, you know, now having been playing drums since 1976, I mean, it was like 44 years of playing the drums. I went pro in 1988. All of my heroes, people that I had posters on my bedroom wall. They are now my friends and colleagues. I could text my heroes, send them <laughs> weird memes. Like, you know what I mean? It's like crazy. You reap what you sow for sure. Well, interesting too, is that, um, it's also the positive attitude. You know, you have a, you get up in the morning, you have your goals written down. You're like, I'm going to kick the door of the day. And I'm going to, how important is attitude in life? At, to me, attitude is everything. And it's like a lot of people roll their eyes and they go, Oh, here's another motivational speaker that's talking about attitude. But the reason everybody motivational speaker on the planet talks about that stuff, because it's so important. I really truly feel it's 99% of life. Like if I'm bringing my skill set to, to, uh, which is my skill set has been steeped in blood and sweat and tears and persistence and determination and doors were slammed in my face and there was roadblocks, but I would just keep moving forward with a, with a positive attitude, just trying to make, just move the ball down the field every day you know, good things, good things have happened. And, you know, I just tell people, I try to live in the land of unicorns and rainbows <laughs> and there is no molasses swamp in my world because I'm just so fortunate to have a skill, my higher power, God, the universe gave me this incredible gift that I developed, right? Because there's a lot of people that have raw talent, just God-given talent. I mean, savant. And they don't take the time to develop it. And But the guy who's got a little bit of a talent but works hard every day for 20 years, he sometimes gets further because of the hard work and the good attitude. People want to be around positive people. You know, they don't want to be around negative Nellies. So I just try to stay in that place. And there's so many tricks that we can do to stay in the positive flow, which is like to have a great hobby. Maybe playing the drums is a hobby for someone. And, you know, it's great because you work on all your muscles, you're using your core. It's great for your brain. You're multitasking. I burn a thousand calories every time I play a show with Jason Aldean. My heart rate gets up there. Another thing you could do is surround yourself with birds of a feather, like-minded individuals that have a similar focus or a vision. And then you could do things like read positive literature, read positive books, 
So we're talking 300, Rocky, The Pursuit of <laughs> Happiness, like great uplifting movies. You know, for me, one of my favorite movies is crazy. It's Alien, 1978, Sigourney Weaver. It's kind of a dark film, but I think it's such a magical piece of art. It's so disturbing and it's so well done. It makes me happy. You mentioned Rocky. Rocky, which one's your favorite? Very first one. Yes, I like that one. That was a very good one. Very first one. And also the, the story behind it is massively positive and inspiring. You got a guy who was living on ramen noodle and living in a rat trap in Hollywood. And he wrote <laughs> this beautiful script. And people came towards him and said, hey, we've got this great actor that's going to bring your script to life. He said, no, no one is playing Rocky except for me. And he held out and he held out and he held out and it made him a movie star. I like the, there's one scene when uh, his son was born in the movie and, and she wakes up, win, win. And then I like Burgess Merritt, let's go. I forgot what he says, but I'm like, oh, I got all pumped up after and I'll start training and stuff like that. that I thought that was pretty cool. Let's go, Rock. <laughs> I can play that. I can. For the montages, Joe, in the 70s and 80s, they had those montages of, you know, like he's running in the streets of Philly. He's hitting the carcasses. He's got, he's doing one-arm push-ups. You know, I mean, this is very inspiring stuff. I have it for my morning commute on my on my phone. I listen to it every morning. I got to get going with a cup of coffee. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I love coffee. I'm glad you're a coffee guy. <laughs> well, I, when people I, say they don't like coffee. I look at them like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I think sometimes that, and when you get to the a certain age, you need a little boost in the morning. Well, I was yeah. curious that your book about your also your book. Have you got any response back from anybody like on the book? Like maybe somebody reached out to you and asked asked some questions or anything. Oh yeah, you know it's it's great. I'm very, I'm very pleased that uh, you know the book ended up on the top thirty list for self help and the top thirty list for rock biographies on Amazon, and so that was in, that was great. And you know I don't have any kids, so this thing has been so consuming my entire life trying to successfully navigate the music business. So it was very time consuming. But I mentor a lot of kids, like anybody, like kids from like kindergarten, like and a lot of my students that I kind of help they're getting accepted to college programs. They're getting jobs in the music industry. They're realizing their dreams. And I, it feels great to be, to be part of that. And yeah, I get emails from people, read your book. It changed my life. It's da, da, da. This is why we do these things. Well, one thing too is um, I remember I watched a video recently and it was about, ha it was about happiness. Happy you won an award. What was that all about? About happiness? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I have this, I have this uh, new friend, my friend, Michael, and he has written a lot of books on happiness and the art of happiness. And he's, he's tied in with an organization called the Happiness Hall of Fame that he <laughs> created. And he lives there in Silicon Valley, um, Stanford University, beautiful campus. And he says, I want to induct you into the Happiness Hall of Fame. And some other people that are there are like Nobel laureates, uh, Dolly Parton, Muhammad Ali. And I'm like, wow, I'm in amazing company here. So, so it was a celebration. And I had to do a, a, a fun little 15-minute speech. And so I was talking about how happiness rocks and how we can use our senses to cultivate and maintain happiness in our life. And little tricks I have to, to maintain happiness, which is getting exercise, putting a positive music playlist together. There's an app that I love that's um, called Relax Melodies. And it's great. And it's got all these like sounds of nature, like birds chirping and waves coming in, crashing and crickets and the, the desert night air and city traffic kind of create your own like nature orchestra. And so when I get on a flight, I'll put in my little ear pods and I'll turn on this nature orchestra and it, it makes me goes, helps me get into this meditative state. So I'm not worried about, you know, 
catching COVID on the airplane. <laughs> it's so stressful. And it just, it allows you to stay in that positive, happy flow, you know? So um, that was a real honor for me. So I think people can go to happinesshalloffame.com and all the people that have can have been inducted have all their speeches there. So you could watch my speech. I did really enjoy the speech. I was like, I was, when I went from doing a little background, I was really enjoyed that speech. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> well, another thing too, you have a podcast. I, I listen to your podcast. What is your podcast about? Well, it's called the uh, Rich Redmond Show. Really uh, interesting title. You know, it was, I, I reached out to my my tribe and they, they I was asking for interesting, fun titles. And then I got some great feedback. And then I finally said, you know what? Johnny Carson, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, just call it the Rich Redmond Show. When you mentioned those names was a second ago, and I remember listening to the beginning of it, I thought I was watching one of those shows. I was like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is pretty cool. This is catchy. I'm waiting to see like um, Ed McMahon. Now it's Rich Redman. I thought was kind of what my co. Well, thank you so much. My co-host is uh, Jim McCarthy, and he's a friend of mine. Plays drums. He did 20 years in radio. Now he's a voiceover artist. So a friend of mine. I commissioned my composer friend Jeremy Little to compose the theme song for me, and then I flew out to LA and I recorded the theme song. And then Jim's got the Golden Pipes. And our vision was it to have a kind of like a mashup between like a late night TV show and a wacky early morning radio show. So that's kind of the platform. But within the hour of the show, I talked to all different types of creatives. So, you know, musicians, comedians, authors, thought leaders, actors. And we just try to focus on music, motivation, and success. And hopefully during that hour, people can take some positive takeaways while at the same time, you know, there might be the occasional fart joke. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I listened to the last episode and stuff like, you know, um, I, I found a lot about drumming I didn't know about, but also it was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you must have listened to the one with the drummer from the cult. Yes, yes, that's the one I listened to. He talked about the Italian families and going home and stuff like that. I was, I was like, this is pretty good, even though I know nothing about drums besides you know the beating of the drums and stuff like that. That's all that's I know. Great. That's great to hear that you were entertained by Johnny Johnny Tempesta from the Bronx <laughs> and uh, two two other guys from Connecticut. Me and Jim are both from Connecticut, so. Well, I guess I'm um, wrapping up final thoughts. Anything you want to leave with the audience about crash or happiness? Oh yeah, sure. Well, yeah, just a reminder, you know, crash is a, is a, is a easy to remember thing that you can use to cultivate success in your life. Commit to your dreams and goals, cultivate and nurture lifelong relationships, have a great attitude, a flexible winning attitude, develop the skills you need to be successful in your chosen field and stay hungry for success. No matter what season of life you're in, and then if people want to reach out to me, the podcast is on all platforms. So your Spotify's, your Stitcher's, your Apple podcasts, your YouTube's. And then um, on all the socials, it's just my name, at Rich Redmond. I got a YouTube channels, like 600 videos on there, all for free. And then um, richredmond.com, R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com is my hub for all the things I do. Rich, thanks so much for being on the podcast tonight. I really do appreciate all links will be in the show notes, everything we spoke, talked about tonight. I really do appreciate you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, man. I'm, it's, it's good to see another person from uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> Thanks. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Rich Redman for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about Rich Redman over at richredman.com. I also can find links to his podcast stuff, too. So you got to check that out. That's, I mean, that is a fun podcast to listen to. All the links in the show notes will be over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 104. Hey. Please reach out, leave a comment. 
you have questions or just say hello or how you appreciate the topic. I'd love to hear your comments and feedback. It'd be great. You can find all my contact information at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the content, please tell a friend. I really appreciate it. It would get the word about the podcast. It would really mean a lot. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug. Hey, during this time, reach out to somebody. Give them a call, email them, text. We have so many ways to get in contact with people nowadays. Hey, just tell them how much you appreciate them because it goes a long way. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.